Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Good evening, friends. Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. We are glad to be with you on Praying for America. And that's exactly what we're going to do, going into the Word, pray for your personal intentions. We we don't just comment on the news. We pray over it together. And that's so crucial because there are so many uh, dynamics going on. This is a battle with spiritual forces when we talk about those that are destroying uh, America and uh Boy, did you see, well, there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of crazy things that have been said lately and a lot of courageous things that are being done, um, including by President Trump. We're going to get into these various things. Uh, the motion that he has, uh, filed for the, um, uh, defending himself under the Fourth Amendment against this, uh, unprecedented raid that took place, uh, in Mar-a-Lago a couple of weeks ago and, uh, attacks on the Constitution. Uh, I want to talk about something crazy that was said recently by a couple of authors. And uh, and then, you know, something about the attitude, the attitude that with which we have to go into these midterm elections. And I'm talking about including the, the candidates and also those who are in uh, political office on our side of the aisle. There's a certain attitude we need to have and another attitude we need to avoid. And we'll pray over that, too, because there's spiritual dynamics going on with that. All of this uh, and more is what we're going to do during our brief time together tonight. Let's start by going to God's Word. I want to start by the uh, passage in the Sermon on the Mount about not worrying. We have to be concerned, actively concerned. And indeed, we have to be energized by that concern about what's going on in our country and our world. But that's different from the kind of worry that Jesus is warning against here. What's exactly the difference? Well, let me read the passage first and pray, and I'll give you a little comment on that, because having these right kind of attitudes is just as important as having a good political strategy. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. Now, therefore, I tell you, Jesus is speaking here, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. 
Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let us pray. Lord God, we are deeply concerned about what is going on in America and about the lunatics that are trying to destroy it, some of them in positions of high government influence. But Lord, we rest in you as our founding fathers did because we know your power, your providence, and your love. You and your goodness have given us this gift of freedom, self-governance, and the Constitution of the United States of America. You have given us these gifts. And so, Lord, we are concerned, we are active, we are in battle mode, but we are not worried. We do not let the ultimate peace of our soul be disturbed. We know on what foundation we stand, even as our consciences are are aroused and our concerns increase even by the day. Nevertheless, Lord, we are secure in knowing not only where we stand, but where we are going and what the ultimate outcome of these battles is. You are victorious. You are our rock, our foundation, our fortress, our leader in the battle, our shield and sword. You are the one whose truth comes out of our mouths because our hearts are meditating on it day and night. We delight in your law. You, by your spirit, work through us to persuade our fellow citizens to vote the right way, to speak up, to go to school board meetings, to pray at abortion facilities, to defend the accomplishments of President Trump and and of the Republican Party, to articulate the America First movement. You give us your spirit, Lord, in order to speak confidently. And so we do. Lord God, we know we do not pretend uh, to, to, to minimize or to ignore the power of the destructive enemies that are all around us. And yet, Lord God, we do not doubt for one moment that your word is more powerful, that your grace can set to flight all these enemies that set themselves up against freedom and truth and life. Lord God, enable us to battle hard as if everything depended on us, and to trust deeply, for we know that everything depends on you. Give us the right perspective. Give us the proper balance. Give us the necessary virtues, just as you gave to our founders and to so many patriots ever since. The necessary virtues to both defend and live this awesome experiment of self-governance. May every political structure, may every office of government and every person who serves at every level of government know that all this is in place for the service of the human person, not the other way around, and that all this is in place to be at the service of your kingdom and not of any earthly or selfish purpose. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So friends, I articulated in that prayer what the the lesson here is. When Jesus says, oh, you know, don't worry about tomorrow, don't worry about what you eat or what you drink, 
That doesn't mean we shouldn't be upset about the 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 inflation and the the the, the, the terrible state of our economy. Doesn't mean that at all. He's not telling us, uh, hey, don't don't uh, prepare for your don't prepare or provide for yourselves or for your families or you know don't don't be. Uh, uh, he's not saying be disconnected from what's going on in the in the world. But we do it. We do the things we do to provide for our families to change things in the country so that we don't have such a, a, a an economy in such shambles. We do it with that strength and that confidence and that peace. Ultimately, there's a peace of soul that has to be there when we have finished the work of the day and we retreat into our own mind and heart for prayer or we're in our solitude or we're uh, uh, by ourselves, uh, uh, as Jesus says, go into your private places and pray, that the waters are not perturbed that we have a peace, we have a serenity. And we take that same serenity that is, again, based on that trust in God's providence, which our founders expressed in the Declaration of Independence. As they were expressing the principles of government and the grievances against the king, against whom they were declaring independence, they also expressed trust in providence. So you have the two sides of the coin. Yeah, we're upset. we got to take that energy of being upset and let it thrust us into the battle. But we bring the peace with us. We bring the serenity with us into the battle. It's, it's, a, it's a, a very important balance, a very important combination of things that might intuitively seem to be opposed. But they go together. The fiercest warrior in the hottest moment of battle must have a serenity that is as calm as a glassy lake based on God, because God at the same time is the source of all peace and of all activity. The God who brings the thunder down on the mountain is the God who arranges the planets in their orbits and is the Lord of the peaceful starry night. Same God. It's not different parts. God doesn't have parts. He's all one. And so in us, as we serve him and as we're united with him, we too have got to live in a way that combines those dynamics. It's not easy. we got to work at this. And we also have to pray for it as God's gift, which we've just done and which we need to continue to do. Let me talk about attitude for a moment as we go into these midterm elections. You know, in Pennsylvania, one of the most important states for... um, these uh, midterm elections in terms of U.S. Senate, for example, and also in terms of the governor, Doug Mastriano. He needs to be the next governor in Pennsylvania. He articulated something here the other day that uh, I want to read parts of it. He says, the winds are at our back. It's true. Things look very good for the the America First movement, the Republicans in these races. The winds are at our back here. Everything is lined up perfectly. Right? Most people think we're going in the wrong direction as a country. We've got some great candidates to set things right. We've got President Trump influencing these midterms and his endorsements are getting some great... He's Doug Mastriano is endorsed by 
by, by Trump. We've got everything lining up perfectly. We've got a great opportunity, he goes on to say here, to take back our country. You notice that this is the same positive spirit that President Trump expresses in his rallies. He describes how the country's going to hell, but then he stands up and says, you know, we can take it back. He describes the problems in great detail, and we need to know those details. But then he says, we can take it back. This country does not belong to the radicals who are trying to destroy it. It belongs to you. And we remind ourselves of that every night here on Praying for America. So, so it's the right attitude he has here. Let me read some more. This is Doug Mastriano, candidate for governor in Pennsylvania. We're coming up on the one-year anniversary of that disastrous retreat in Afghanistan, a big humiliation, which encouraged, I believe, Vladimir Putin to do what he's doing to Ukraine because of American weakness. And so it's time we take it seriously. Our country's at stake. The future of freedoms, the militarization, or the use of the Department of Justice that strike down and strike at political opponents. For example, the Mar-a-Lago raid. And then he says, I like the attitude that's coming through here. Then he says this, I'm really sick of it. And, and, and isn't that the, the, what we all have to be able to say? We have to see so clearly the implications of the evils that are going on And we have to touch them in a human way so that, yeah, we get upset. I'm so sick of it. Then he right away goes on to say, not that we need to be disconnected, that we need to retreat from the battle, that we need to form these little enclaves and, oh, let's just raise our families as best as we can and and not be uh, uh, troubled by all that stuff going out on out there, or that we have to say, oh, well, the country is lost. There's nothing we can do about it. No, those none of those are options. After saying, I'm really sick of it, what does he say? We need to be bold and courageous. See, that comes from the, this attitude that Jesus is, is imparting, is teaching us here in the Sermon on the Mount. We've got to be engaged We've got to be upset and at the same time confident enough in God's providence and the foundation on which we stand that we can be bold and courageous because he's not calling us to retreat from the battle. He's calling us to go into the battle. We see examples of this, he goes on to say. As you know, we had on Friday Governor Ron DeSantis come up from Florida to campaign with me. And he's the exact example of how a Republican governor should act. Bold and courageous. We have the complete opposite here in Pennsylvania with Tom Wolf. What a disgrace. Never was a governor more appropriately named. He's trampled upon our freedoms, and it's because of that overreach by the Democrats. They've gone too far. They're drunk with power, and so people want a change. And if they want their constitutional freedoms back, we'll win the Senate, and they'll back gubernatorial candidates like me to restore freedom. Excellent words from Doug Mastriano, and you know he was also talking in those remarks about an attitude that some Republican leaders adopt that is a negative, self-defeating attitude. Well, I'm not sure if we can win. Well, you know, we don't always have the best candidates. we got to get rid of those negative thoughts. 
And we've got to be bold and courageous, not only about confronting those that are trying to destroy the country, but bold and courageous about the good we have on our side of the fence and its power to be able to go out there, win elections, and make a change. We've got to be confident that the people are with us. We're not the minority, and we're not even half and half divided in this country. It's, it, it, you know, and President Trump brings this up in his rally speeches. You know, we can't, we just refuse to believe. It doesn't make any sense. And the polls, in fact, back us up on this. That we're a half and half country about the extreme abortion policies, as an example, of the Democrats. We're not half and half about that. You think half the country wants abortion right up until birth? There's never, never been any indication of that. Half the country wanting to do what the, the radical bill tried to do that the, uh, that the Democrats introduced, trying to say that uh, even widely supported regulations like involving parents in their minor age daughters' abortion decisions should be uh, a requirement of the law. We're not a 50-50 country on this. We are in the strong majority. Border security, crime in our neighborhoods, prices going rampant, going wild at the gas pumps and in the grocery stores. We're not a half-and-half country. There's a small band of radicals that are trying to take over and destroy all these things. We're not going to let them do that. All right. Now, um, President Trump made uh, another uh, step forward here in response to the Mar-a-Lago break-in. I want to read the statement that he put out. I presume you saw this. And he filed motion. Let me just read what he says. We have just filed a motion in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Florida strongly asserting my rights under the Fourth Amendment of our Constitution regarding the unnecessary, unwarranted, and un-American break-in by dozens of FBI agents and others of my home, Mar-a-Lago, in Palm Beach, Florida. So we we have been uh, quoting the Fourth Amendment here on our program the last uh, couple of, of episodes, and you know that it, it deals with searches and seizures, right? And uh, notice the words he uses here unnecessary, unwarranted, un-American. And then he goes into um, a number of points here. Uh, Why was it totally unnecessary? It was totally unnecessary because he, the former president of the United States, which, of course, in and of itself should warrant some respect, was fully cooperating as... All our previous presidents have have had, uh, you know, since the time of Richard Nixon, you know, there have been these uh, extra provisions uh, set up in terms of documents, okay, because of the whole Watergate scandal, documents. What happens to documents when a president leaves office? And bottom line is that the president decides. The president has full authority. First of all, he maintains for all his life his um his access, his clearance to top secret uh, information, uh, classified information, government information. He's the former president, for goodness sake. So um, they always have clearance. And he decides what is a presidential record, what is not, what is classified, what is not, what he's going to take with him, what he's going to leave at the White House. He 
decides. He's got full authority. And there's nothing criminal uh, about taking uh, records that he deems to be personal records uh, and uh, wants to, if he wants to de- declassify, he's got that authority. So and not only that, but in, when there are these inevitable disputes, all our past presidents have had these back and forth with the uh, National Archives and all of that. You know, he, you engage in the, in the back and forth and say, okay, you want to have these documents back over there? All right, let's work this out. And the bottom line is he was fully cooperative with government uh, agents who were there or from the beginning of, of the year uh, uh, at different points in time, looking at the documents that he had there. It was always a, already a process underway of communication. And then they were telling him, oh, yeah, OK, you know, everything is good. It's a totally unnecessary. What happened? So he's he's filing now in court. He's been saying this all along, and we've been commenting on this for the last couple of weeks. He's been saying this all along that it's unnecessary. Now he's making it formal in this filing in this motion in the southern uh, Southern Florida court. So unnecessary, unwarranted. Okay. So the Fourth Amendment requires that first of all you have to have uh, the probability that a crime is has been committed or is about to be committed, there has to be an emergency in order to get a warrant, a search warrant, to do a search. There's got to be an emergency of some kind. And there's got to be probability of a crime. We've, we've got neither one of those things. Unwarranted also that the Fourth Amendment makes it clear that there has to be very much of a specificity. In other words, if you know that there is about to be something, someone is about to do something with something that they have to break a law or to cause a problem, and therefore you've got to go in and stop it by taking, by seizing something? First of all, you better be sure what you're doing, especially if it's something that's never been done before, like raiding the home of a former president. And, 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 And secondly, you have got to be very specific about here is the exact thing we are going in there to get, and we're not going to get anything else other than that. It's not a free-for-all. It's not a circus. It's not a carte blanche. Well, it, this was unwarranted because it was a free-for-all circuit carte blanche. Oh, you can take this box, and if you find something in this box, you can take the boxes that are near it, and it's exactly what this search warrant said. Absolutely unwarranted and un-American. In America, we don't go searching for a crime based on a person. Oh, we're against uh, so-and-so. You know, we're going to search his house so that we can find evidence of some crime. We don't know what the crime is, but let's search around. We'll find something. That's That's not the way the American system works. This was un american because it was searching for a crime based on a person rather than searching for persons based on a crime. The way our system is supposed to work is that if a crime is discovered, if a crime is committed, then you investigate who was responsible for this. You already know what the deed was, and then you go searching for the person or persons involved. Not the other way around. If you don't have a crime, you leave people alone. That's the American system. We don't have a secret police either. 
We don't have a system where we attack our political opponents using the agencies of government, like the Department of Justice, the FBI, to attack political opponents? Un-American. Un-American. You know, you're hearing this from a hundred different sources. We're repeating the same things day after day. But we've got to, until it sinks in with all our fellow citizens, that this is an outrage here that's going on. And it's part of a much bigger picture that I also want to comment on here of people who, you, the reason why they're engaging in un-American activities, not that they're ignorant. The reason why they're engaging in un-American activity is that they hate America. They reject the American way. They're not acting un-American by accident or by ignorance. These are people who don't want the American way to prevail. This is, this, is, this, is, this is bad stuff. Let me read what he's saying here. They demanded that the security cameras be turned off, a request we rightfully denied. They prevented my attorneys from observing what was being taken in the raid, saying absolutely not. They took documents covered by attorney-client and executive privilege, which is not allowed. They took my passports. They even brought a safe cracker and successfully broke into my personal safe, which revealed nothing. We are now demanding that the Department of, and he puts justice in quotation marks, okay, appropriately so, that the Department of Justice be instructed to immediately stop the review of all the documents illegally seized from my home. All documents have been previously declassified. All right, that's from the mouth of the person who has the sole discretion and authority to do exactly that. He goes on to say, we demand the appointment of a special master to oversee the handling of the materials taken in the raid. Okay, a neutral, nonpartisan person who can can look at what is going on here and sort it out. We are further demanding that the DOJ be forced to turn over a real, without plants, inventory of my property that was taken and disclose where that property is now located. We are demanding that all items wrongfully taken from my home be immediately returned. I'm reading this to you, brothers and sisters, because I want to invite you to join me in demanding the same things. As President Trump is saying this, and as he is saying it publicly, let us do the same. Demand publicly that the right thing be done here. Um, Law enforcement, his filing says, is a shield that protects Americans. It cannot be used as a weapon for political purposes. That's one of the key themes, isn't it, in this whole saga? It's one of the key themes. And that goes back to the un-American part of all this. Law enforcement is supposed to protect people, not be used as a weapon against political opponents. And that brings us back to this document. You have a pocket constitution, don't you? We should all have one. Did you see... The authors recently that put out an opinion piece, I think it was in the New York Times, saying, oh, you know what? It's time to get away from the Constitution. This is what they're literally saying. They're coming out and saying explicitly, 
The dynamic that we have seen working implicitly in a thousand ways, whether in our courts, in our legislatures, in the in the behavior of certain uh, political forces, in the behavior of certain law enforcement, like very recently. In the behavior, by the way, of all the fake uh, investigations and impeachment hoaxes that were launched against President Trump, in so many different ways, these things departed from constitutional norms. And now, more and more of them are coming right out and saying, well, you know, it's because we, we think we should, we should get away from the Constitution. The Constitution shouldn't be our guiding document anymore. Ours is the only country right now, brothers and sisters, still operating under its original constitution. And for some people, that suggests, well, it's, a, it's an outmoded document that should be completely, would start from scratch. And for others of us, it is a sign of the wisdom that is contained in this document, a sign of the enduring wisdom and the strength of what is contained in this document, that we are able to have peaceful transitions of power year after year, election after election, that we are able to correct deeply rooted injustices and jurisdiction, uh, uh, jurisprudential mistakes that our courts have, have, have imposed on us, like the recent uh, Roe v. Wade and, and, and reversal. Okay, we reversed ourselves from a deep mistake that the court made 50 years ago, and we're able to do it and continue to live our lives with relative peace and, and, and calm and, and, and move forward, even though the other side, obviously, they throw a tamp- temper tantrum. But I'm talking about society doesn't, doesn't fall apart. We're able to make a change and change direction and move forward. The wisdom of this document, we can talk about for days on end, pointing out all the different ways in which these founders embedded such wisdom here that it has been able to endure the changing winds and waves of nearly 250 years. What a blessing. Open your mouths against those who are trying to say, oh, well, it's time to get away from the Constitution. And make it clear to everyone you know, this is the best governing document in world history. This together with the Declaration, the Declaration of Independence expresses the founding principles. The Constitution building on that expresses the mechanism by which we are governed under those principles. These two documents go together. We should read and reread them. The first document that you and I read and reread all the time, of course, is the one from which we read already tonight, the Word of God, the Scriptures. And together with that as our religious document, as the document that tells us the very Word of God, not just the words of of human beings, when it comes to our politics, when it comes to our patriotism, read and reread the Declaration and the Constitution. Defend them and know that the other side is con- continues to take off its mask. See, we don't have to worry about taking off our mask. We don't have one. We love the Constitution. We love the Declaration. We love America. We, we, we don't have to take off any masks. We are who we've always said we are. And we do what we've always said we should do. 
The other side, they've been wearing masks for a long time, undermining America in secret backdoor ways. You know why? Because ultimately they're ashamed of what they think and what they do because they know they're wrong. But more and more, and this always happens when the, the devil is, is, is getting to the end of his, uh, he knows his time is short. He unmasks himself. This is what they're doing. The radical left, they're unmasking themselves more and more. We're going to be seeing this article that just came out in the New York Times. This is not the last of, of this. We're going to see this more and more. We're going to see people jumping on the bandwagon. Oh, yeah, it's time to get rid of the Constitution. You know what? You want to get rid of the Constitution? There's a very easy way to do that. Get out of the country. The airports are open. Leave. You don't like this Constitution? There's plenty of other countries on the face of the earth. Some of them have junk constitutions. Go ahead. Go reform those. Go, go live under those if you want. That, that's, that's our message. We want to welcome people to America, and we do welcome people to America every day from every part of the earth. And that's going to continue. But we welcome them because they want to come here because they believe in the ideals that America sets forth to the rest of the world. If you don't believe that, if you think it's garbage, for goodness sake, A, if you're not here already, don't come. B, if you are here already, what's preventing you from leaving? Because if you live someplace else, then you're not under the Constitution. You don't have to worry about it. But don't try to take it away from us. Don't even try. Let's pray. Father, we have talked tonight about important things. Lord, as the president, 45th president, Donald Trump, files this motion in court, we as the body of Christ right now pray that there be wisdom on the part of the attorneys, that there be wisdom on the part of the judges and court officials who are involved, and that in the hearts and minds, Lord God, of all those that are involved, you put a thirst for justice. You put a desire for doing right. You put a longing to respect the rights of people in our American system of living. Law and order, respect for people's rights to their homes, to their property, to their papers, our right against unreasonable searches and seizures. Lord, if anyone in public office has lost their understanding or respect for these things, we ask you to send your spirit and correct that situation. Furthermore, Lord, we pray that those in political office right now and those running for political office will have the right attitude. We'll see, Lord, the positive winds at our back right now and we'll be positive about our motivations for winning, about our prospects of winning. Lord God, your word tells us to think on things that are good and true. And to rejoice always, to be positive. Why? Not just for the sake of being positive, but for your sake. 
because it expresses trust in you, an awareness of your love, an acknowledgement of your power. And so let our candidates be positive. Let our public officials on our side of the aisle, Lord, be positive. And, and inspire in the voters that same kind of boldness and courage that come from that confidence in you. And Father, we pray, Lord, for those that have lost their appreciation for our Constitution. Lord, we ask you one simple thing. Preserve us from them. If they have these these un-American ideas, Lord, let them take these ideas elsewhere. If they don't love our Constitution, Lord, let them realize nobody's forcing them to live under it. But Lord God, protect us from the thief. Protect us, Lord, from those who would steal from us, from our families, from our children, from our fellow citizens. Protect us from those who would steal from our minds and hearts the knowledge and appreciation of our founding documents, of the wisdom that they contain, and of the stability and security that they give us in our daily lives. Preserve us from the thieves. Convert them, enlighten them, awaken them. But Lord God, before they are converted, stop them and enable us as patriots and believers to understand, to impart to our children, and to celebrate among our fellow citizens the great wisdom of these founding documents. We ask all this, Lord, in the name of the Savior you have sent us, your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now let's pray in the words that he gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Well, thanks, friends, for being with me. Connect with me on social media if you're not following me on um, Truth Social or Getter or the other main platforms. FR Frank Pavone is my address. Let's connect there and let's stay connected so we can keep encouraging one another. FR Frank Pavone. Follow Right Side Broadcasting as well that carries this program. We're grateful to them. We're grateful to Getter uh, for the broadcasting and uh, so many other platforms that you're watching us on. Stay tuned to our programming and join me again tomorrow night. And remember this, as Donald J. Trump has told us again and again, we belong to the greatest political movement in American history. And this country doesn't belong to those that are trying to destroy it. This country belongs to you. We kneel not to government. We kneel only to God. And America's best, greatest days are yet to come. Father Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. Talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.